the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need.
glad you're able to join with us for this uh, time around the Word of God. We're going to seek the Lord's face in prayer. Let's just unite our hearts together and do pray that the Lord will come and speak to each of our hearts. Our eternal God and loving Father in heaven, it is with a renewed sense of our indebtedness that we bow before thee. We come before thee today in that name that's above every name. Oh, we thank thee for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who gave himself as a ransom in order to redeem our never-dying souls from a lost, undone eternity. My word is clear and plain in this matter. We have all been born in sin and shapen in iniquity. But we rejoice in the truth and the knowledge that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We thank thee for him who loved us and gave himself for us. And we thank thee we can say with the hymn writer, when we came to receive Christ as a personal saviour, our chains fell off, our souls were set free, and we rose, went forth to follow thee. We bless thee, Lord, for every token of thy mercy. We thank thee for every blessing we enjoy from thy bountiful hand. And as we come together today to fellowship around thy word, our prayer is that thy presence would be our portion, that thou wilt bless our coming together, bless all who will watch from home or other places. Uh, and we ask, Lord, that thy word will prove to be a blessing to our souls. We especially lift up before thee the one who will open the word to us today. Bless Mr. Ferguson. We we'll thank thee for him. And we pray that his minister will prove to be a blessing to every waiting heart. May thy word find a resting place in every soul. And our prayer would be that the end result of our coming together would be, not only would God's people be blessed, sinners be spoken to, but in all things that glory and honor would be brought to thy great name. So bless us, do our souls good, we ask of thee, magnify thy name among us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We invite you to turn, please, for our scripture reading to Matthew's Gospel and chapter 5, and we're reading from the opening verse. Matthew 5 and verse 1, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. We're ending there at that 12th verse. We know the Lord will add his own blessing to the reading of his word.
to thank the Reverend McLernan for leading the service for us tonight. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, and my text is found in the verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This section of the Word of God is known as the Beatitudes, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And the word Beatitudes comes from the Latin word Beatus, which means happy or blessed. The person who has these characteristics in the sight of God, in the sight of Jesus Christ, is a happy person, a person that knows the blessing of God. The first of the Beatitudes is found in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that sets at the foundation before us, because before we can be meek, before we can mourn, we must be poor in spirit. Now, it doesn't mean simply being poor financially. A great evangelist by the name of Brownlow North once wrote a book called The Rich Man and Lazarus. And he describes in that book some people that he had met who thought because they were poor that they were bound for heaven. And he showed them as far as he could that poverty, financial poverty, is no guarantee of a place in heaven. The poverty that is required is poverty of spirit. What does that mean? It means you see yourself to have nothing, to be nothing before God. You repent of your sins. You come to Jesus Christ. You taste of the sweetness of the gospel, and you taste and see that the Lord is good. And that leads to mourning over sin. Sometimes we think of that verse as dealing simply with mourning over a bereavement. But in the context, it is mourning over sin. When we see the enormity of sin, when we see the offense that sin gives to God, and when we see what it cost the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to deal with the problem of sin, then we mourn. And when we mourn over sin, the Bible says we will be comforted. The Word of God comforts us, and the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, he uses the Word of God to bring comfort to our souls. And that leads us to the third of the Beatitudes, the one that I want us to think about tonight. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And the first thing I want us to think about is what is meant by meekness. It is a form of humility, but humility really is connected with ourselves, our view of ourselves. When we see that we're sinners, we mourn over our sins, then we have a low view of ourselves. We see, our, see ourselves as being unworthy of the favor and the mercy of God. But, but meekness takes us into another realm. It is our attitude to other people. We're not proud. We're not arrogant. Uh, we don't walk all over people because we see ourselves as sinners, sinners on whom God has shown great mercy. Then when we meet with other people, we are humble before them. And of course, we are humble before our God. We conduct ourselves with humility before other people, and we conduct ourselves with great humility before a very great God. Now, meekness is not mere affability. Many people are affable. In general, they're easy to get on with. But then sometimes we discover if we, if I may put it this way, if we rub them the wrong way, then they rear up and we say, well, I never thought 
that person would behave in that fashion. What you have seen there is affability, and affability uh, can turn to some nastiness at times, but meekness uh, is very different from affability. And I may say as well, it is not mere timidity or even cowardice. Some people are timid, and they appear to be meek because they are naturally timid, or some people are cowardly, and of course they appear to be meek because uh, when there's a trouble that faces them, uh, they tend to run away from it and act in a cowardly fashion. And we might think they're meek, but that is not what meekness is. Meekness is consistent with great strength of conviction and great strength of character. In the Old Testament, in Numbers chapter 12, Moses is called the meekest man in the world. So there's a man who was humble before his fellow man and most humble before God. And yet he was a very strong character. And the children of Israel made the golden calf. He came down from the mount. He was horrified. And what did he do? He burnt that calf in fire and then he ground it to pieces and he threw it into their drinking water and he said to them, now drink it. Uh, He wasn't. Uh, He wasn't timid. He wasn't cowardly. Because God had been offended, he showed the strength of his character at that time. Then we find the Apostle Paul, the meekest man, I would say, in the New Testament, the godliest man in the New Testament. And yet Paul, when he was confronted by Elymas the sorcerer, he spoke very boldly to him, and he said, Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all unrighteousness. And uh, he condemned him in the strongest possible terms. He wasn't cowardly. He wasn't timid. He was strong in character and strong in conviction. But I have left the greatest example to the last here. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 29, I am meek and lowly in heart. You will never find a more meek person than Jesus Christ. And you will never find stronger character than the character of Jesus Christ. He confronted the scribes and the Pharisees, and he called them hypocrites. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. So when we think of meekness, we're not thinking of weakness. We're not thinking of cowardice. We're not thinking of timidity. We're not thinking of mere affability. We're thinking of strength of character, and yet we're thinking of someone that is humble and someone, as we use the word again, someone that is truly meek. It comes from seeing ourselves as we are, respecting the worth of other people, no matter who they may be. I may say this, it is not native to us. In Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, we read of the fruit of of the Spirit. We are told it is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, and then the eighth of the nine, meekness, and then lastly, temperance. So meekness comes from the Spirit of God. It's not native to us, it comes from the work of the Spirit of God within us. When we're saved, we're indwelt by the Spirit of God, but our ambition should go further and being indwelt by the Spirit of God, we should seek to be filled with the Spirit. 
That is the command that we are given in Ephesians 5 and verse 18. We are told there, be filled with the Spirit. And the command there is in what we call the present continuous imperative. That means you need to be filled, you need to be filled again, you need to be filled again and again and again. I'd like to illustrate it this way. Some of you ladies, perhaps uh, you have something uh, in the saucepan and it needs to be stirred on uh, with the heat under it. And you say to your child, I want you to stir that saucepan. You know what children are like? They stir it once or twice. Is that enough, mum? No, you say, keep stirring, keep stirring. That's a command uh, to keep doing it. Well, when you read, be filled with the Spirit, the Bible is saying to you, keep on, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Perhaps you ask, how? Well, Christ said, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? In Acts 5.32, we're told that God gives the Spirit to those who obey him. So I've got to plead with God to give me the Holy Spirit, and I've got to be willing to surrender my life, whatever way the Spirit of God would lead me, however he would direct me, I must be willing to follow in that direction. So meekness, it's not mere affability and those other things that we've touched on. Uh, It is a spiritual quality and it comes from the work of the Holy Spirit. May I say in the second place that meekness brings to us blessing and joy. Uh, When we are meek, uh, we are a blessing to other people. Uh, We're easy to work with and as well as that, uh, that uh, easy-to-work-with attitude uh, comes into our homes. We're not cantankerous in our homes. Uh, we're easy to work with in the church. We're easy to work with in our place of employment. We're easy to work with in society. And a person who is meek is a person who is good to get advice from. You will not approach readily a cantankerous person. If you have a problem, someone who's meek and godly and Christ-like, someone who's filled with the Spirit, when you run into a problem, that is the sort of person that you will want to go to and you will want to speak to. And a meek person is a valuable church member, a valuable church officer. A meek person is a good father, a good mother, a good son or daughter, and so on. And the meek person doesn't take offense easily. You're not, as we say, walking on eggshells with them. Uh, They are easy to work with, and uh, we might sum it up in this way. We talk about a person being a gentleman or a lady. Well, a meek Christian male is a Christian gentleman. A meek Christian female is a, a, a person who is a lady, a Christian lady. And how wonderful those terms are. When you talk about a gentleman, you say he's a gentleman, you speak of him with reverence. When you say she's a lady, you speak of her with reverence. How good it is to be meek and how good it is to be a blessing. And at the same time, you receive blessing. You receive blessing for yourself, for your home, for your family, and you bring blessing into the church. And on top of that, there is that other meaning of the word blessed, the meaning of joy or happiness. The person 
who is meek is a contented person. I remember reading of an old Quaker, and he put a sign up on a piece of ground that he owned, and it said that he would give that piece of ground to the person who is perfectly content. Many people saw that sign, and nobody took him up on his offer until one day someone did. And a man went in and he said, I believe I'm perfectly content. And the old Quaker in his quaint way said, friend, if thee is perfectly content, what does thee want with my plot of ground? So he didn't get it. He wasn't really meek. You're content when you're meek, when you're filled with the Spirit of God. You're a cheerful person, but you're not a frivolous person because the joy that you experience is a deep joy. It is a constant joy, not happy one day and the next day sour and crabbed like the crabbed apple on the crabbed apple tree. There is a depth to the joy of the meek person, even though that person might pass through difficult times. You might think of the martyrs and those who have been persecuted. They, the martyrs, they went to the stake and they stood there boldly. Think of old Hugh Latimer at the stake saying, play the man, Brother Ridley, for we shall this day light such a candle in England as I trust by God's grace shall never be put out. So we're joyful and we're blessed when we are meek. It's the best position for any person to be in. And that leads me to my final point. The meek person has a glorious future. Notice how our text puts it. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, we tend to think the very opposite of that. We think the overpowering person, the tyrant, the person who is a dictator, that that person inherits the earth. We might think of Alexander the Great. His name is almost spoken with reverence to this day. He conquered the known world by the age of 23. It said he sat down and he wept because there were no more worlds to conquer. But how much of the earth has Alexander the Great today? Not one inch of earth belongs to Alexander the Great. We might think of Napoleon. We might think of Caesar. They all seem to have conquered the earth. But sadly, none of that earth belongs to them. They were not meek. They were not at the people of God. And when we are meek, we are in a good place because we have all that we want of this earth for this present time. John Bunyan phrased it beautifully when he said, I am content with what I have, little be it or much, and Lord, contentment still I crave because I savest such. Fullness in such a burden is that go on pilgrimage here little, and hereafter bliss is best from age to age. I like those last two lines. Here little, and hereafter bliss is best from age to age. And think of this. Think of this. In this life, we get what we need. My God shall supply all your need. Philippians 4 and verse 19. We also get enjoyment from this earth. The beautiful scenes, the situations that lie before us as we gaze out upon those beautiful scenes, they are provided for us by God. We get enjoyment from them. And we know as well that all of that 
what we see belongs to our Heavenly Father. And one day, think of this, one day all will be ours. Paul said to the Corinthians, all things are yours, and ye are Christ's, and Christ is God's. We have everything in Christ Jesus. What a friend, what a great Savior, the one who died for us, the one who lives for us and intercedes for us. I've got Christ. What want I more, we can say. I quote the text as I finish. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's unite our hearts briefly in a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for thy precious word. We thank you for this beatitude. Thank you that thou hast told us, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Grant us that meekness. Grant us that infilling of the Holy Spirit. Grant us grace to walk in thy ways, to bring honor and glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.